I like true crime, so I decided to make a true crime podcast where I cover true crime stories year by year. And I hate true crime, so I decided to beef up my wife's true crime podcast by telling people what was on TV during each one of those murders or who was winning that wrestling match during that awful rape. The result is American Timelines, where we cover strange, fascinating happenings. And sometimes silly stories and even birthdays. Didn't you always wonder when Don Cheeto was born? No. Didn't you at least wonder what the number one song was when Don Cheeto was born? No. Well, what did you want to know? Just about murder. Sweet, sweet, grisly murder. Well, sometimes you talk about UFOs or ghost stories, too. Yes, those are cool, too. And who hasn't wondered what episode of 227 was on during a haunting? Everyone. Download and subscribe to American Timelines by History for Jerks. You can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It's better than it sounds. It really is. American Timelines by History for Jerks, the greatest podcast ever. Listening to, like my wife just said, the Macaw Podcast Universe. Now, this we is. We cover film franchises. You got and that we right. We exist to prove people wrong who's, that say the sequels are never better than the originals. That's true. That's why we're here. Um, we've, we've found in, we've been emailing a lot of guests and stuff. And if you're an avid listener, you'll know that our last two episodes, we had some amazing guests. Um, yeah. And we'd highly encourage you to go back and listen to those. We had. Um, two stunt martial artists on our Ip Man 1 and Ip Man 2 episode, which was just unbelievable. Dream come true for me. Me too. Um, part of the reason why we started the podcast. We wanted to meet industry, cool people in the industry. So Maybe like the movies more, and I already liked those two movies. Yeah. Um, but um, I did lose my train of thought that I was trying to say. But uh, Well, today, sorry, no yeah, guest. Yeah. No stunt. Uh, aficionado or even expert well this is a good test for us did we learn from ilram Choi and amy johnson i think yes because i was noticing some stuff in the action that i don't think i would have noticed if we didn't have them on the show what about you i would well yes however i think this one is a huge step down from the other two okay so i don't think it's that hard to notice the things that we noticed okay well, okay, so so we we are covering the Ip Man series. We're on Ip Man three. We're on Ip Man three. Um, before we like dive all the way into it, um, do do we have a name for this series? We didn't name the Cornetto no. trilogy, and we also didn't name this series. But um, I mean, maybe just the Wing Chun series. That's the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, maybe. I mean, do we let us know? Do we need to keep that bit alive, folks? I mean, I like the bit, but sometimes it doesn't come out too naturally. Like, I don't know what the Cornetto trilogy would be, you know? I, I just don't it, know. It would, I feel like, but the funny thing about using that as an example, I feel like the it's already a joke. Right. So, 
Oh, and I did remember my previous train of thought. <laughs> okay. We've been we've been emailing guests and we've been getting some cool guests and um hopefully we'll have some other really cool ones coming up. But um we had uh, we've noticed that a lot of people have been like, "Oh, cool, you guys are married and you do a podcast." So, hey, if that gets if hey, if that gets us ahead in this game, oh man, we are as married as it gets. I wonder how many people think, "Man, this guy's making his wife be on this podcast to talk about movies." Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about them just as much as he does. It's true. I'm not as type three Enneagram as him. I don't make lists. I don't rank things. I Well, we do actually literally rank things but in this. Micah. Yes, I know. Anyone go on Micah's letterbox thing. I think he has a section of movies that have peaches in them. Or yes. that could be a personal one. That's on letterbox. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just keeping track of, so, okay, okay, you're coming at me hard right now. So, I like to rank the movies of the year. That is totally natural, and everyone does that. Literally everybody. Um, well, that's what it's for. Huh? Letterbox? I, oh, I, you're talking about movies. Yes, I, I rank my, you know, my my movies of the year, because I like to at the end of the year. And if you want to hear how I like ranking things, most generally, listen to the Lord of the Rings Mm-hmm. One probably the last episode where we're like Jordan, what is your uh, rank of the Lord of the Rings movies? Not Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I am the person that says all of them. Yeah, which is not fair. You yeah. can't do that um, because, like for example, those were all ten out of tens. But I have my ranking of the Lord of the Rings movies. Same with uh, Toy Story Four, Toy Story, the Toy Story movies, the Toy Story movies. Well, that's easy. Yeah, but okay, some are easier so, than others. So I have the rankings that I do of the years. Um, and I did uh, earlier this year or last year, I was like going through and like ranking like previous years. And that was like a little too deep because then you watch a movie from that year and then it's a whole thing. Like my brain can't comprehend it. Then I rank directors as well. So I think that's pretty normal. And it's fun. It's fun if someone's like, oh, yeah, what's your favorite Spielberg? And maybe your brain is like not working or something. And you're like, Oh, yeah, it's this one. Oh, that's funny. Your brain not working when it comes to movie things, and you need to look that up? Your favorite Spielberg movie? Well, it is actually, that is a very hard question, and I I have forgotten what I have ranked as my favorite, and I'm going to look it up right now because he's got too many movies that are way too close to my heart for me to be like, oh, yeah, it's that one, you know, right off the bat. what mine is. Maybe Uh, um, E.T. E.T. is amazing, but let's see. I'm almost there. This is really good. Yeah, that's not, that's not, I think that's I've in like my top once, 10. Though. Um, oh yeah, okay, so this makes sense. Oh, I need to, I actually need to revisit this though. <laughs> this because, <is> unbearable. <laughs> because I have Raiders of the Lost Ark as my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. And I still agree with that. But then my second, I have Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but that's, it's got to be Jurassic Park after that. Yeah, are you even a Spielberg fan if you don't have Jurassic Park number one? Uh, yeah Raiders. have you seen harrison ford in indiana jones that is like as good as it gets here's a question yes do you have a favorite director yeah i've okay as score says it, it this is. this year it wow has you changed. heard it here first because here was the deal uh this is such a great question uh i was you know watched christopher nolan and he was like the first like oh he's the best you know 
And then it was like, I think everyone who gets into film when they're 18, like once you graduate high school and you think, you know, the world and really that means you're just starting to watch more movies that you previously couldn't because your parents wouldn't allow you to. It's usually Christopher Nolan. I would say for people of our age range, totally for at the beginning. And then, and and then you start watching more. And I'm not one of those people like Christopher Nolan directed my favorite movie, Interstellar. So I'm not wonderful. I'm not one of those people who's like, no, oh brother, you like Christopher Nolan that much. But do you get what I'm saying? absolutely i get what you're saying he makes movies for movies yeah well it's 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 the same exact thing would be like people who are like oh my gosh have you seen fight club and it's like yeah and it's amazing and i love it but like come on we all saw fight club like in high school let's talk about some other movies yeah sometimes how i feel yeah um but i mean we can talk about fight club all day but that's the number one rule you're not supposed to talk about it idiots (laughs) so the what i want to say though is it was it was him and then i flirted around with alfred hitchcock because as i was watching more of his but there's just so much and i've literally seen 21 of them and i have 33 more alfred hitchcock movies to watch but when i watch a scorsese movie there is something about it that is like transcendent beyond like it kind of feels like when you listen to a great album but you're also watching visuals yeah and and something like Goodfellas, which is probably my favorite that Scorsese. Might be my favorite one too. It is just like, could you come up with anything that is to dislike in that movie? It's just so perfect. And yeah. and the movie that that put me over the edge, where I was like, yes, he's absolutely my favorite, is when I watched um, Mean Streets for the first time like yeah. a month ago. Yeah. And I was just like, who else could do this? And and he he also is perfect at um, doing like the quote like like movies that don't necessarily have a strong story arc yeah because like mean streets kind of like is a hangout movie in a lot of ways i mean it's yeah he mean he makes movies about new york yeah and i just a lot of them are like about new york i guess i love new york or something apparently <laughs> what, well, who I is think, your favorite well here's now? the hold on but here's okay. the thing so yeah he makes movies about new york but i think he also makes movies about people yeah. Like it's it's character driven, not story driven. Yeah, and that's why I think sometimes some some of his movies lack a little bit, like that Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, bringing out the dead. I I don't think it. I don't. I think it's a little too character driven. Mm-hmm. Also Nicolas Cage, but uh, yeah, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. But, um, my favorite director, probably. I mean, that's for me as hard. The older I get, the harder it is to figure out who is my favorite. Because I would say, like in the very top, you have Paul Thomas Anderson, who makes like the most beautiful. I mean, yeah, just makes some of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, and he made my favorite movie. There will be blood. Yes. Um, And then Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It's also it's just so hard to knock him off the list because he is one of the most consistent. Oh, directors yeah. Directors currently oh, living. Oh, yeah. It, it's, like, kind of insane. Um, well, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was just, like, a, such a triumph of filmmaking, I thought. And it was so cool to see him do something that was... Because um, his plots are always, like, so interesting and just so, like, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And to see him make a movie where it's, like, just people keep on turning on the radio and they're living in the 60s. And yeah. it was just, like, so unbelievable that I was, like, strapped to my seat like I would be in Kill Bill or something like what is going to happen next. The movies and yeah, would argue stories are very character driven. Oh yeah. For the oh, most yeah. part. Um but then also I think of most currently Bong Joon-ho. 
Oh yeah. I mean, because of going through, I know I haven't seen all, I think I've just have to see his first movie for yeah. me still for the most part. I got to watch memories of murder, like actually watch it. Yeah. Cause I watched like most of it. Folks, if you like detective story, I think memories of murder is still just available on YouTube to watch. It's so unbelievably good. It's crazy how and good it is. One of his right hand men sitting next to him at the Oscars, beaming with Kang joy Ho for his friend, Song. Kang Ho Song, who is, uh, so, some might say, the Leonardo DiCaprio of South Korea. I say Leonardo DiCaprio is the Kang Ho Song of yeah. America. <laughs> the The funny thing about this conversation, though, is you know we are hitting like some pretty obvious directors, but yeah. I would argue. They're obvious for a reason. Yeah. Like these guys, as much as you want to, because I would also throw Steven Spielberg up there as like very close to my favorite. I mean, there's probably like ten directors that it's like I know when they when they make a movie that year, if they make a movie, you know, like last year, Quentin Tarantino comes out with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm like, oh, I guess he is my favorite. Yes, and yeah. then Irishman comes out, and I'm like, okay, it's Scorsese, and yeah. then I rewatch Inception, and I'm like, yeah, it's Christopher Nolan. So. Right now, it's Scorsese. I gotta say, though, I think Greta could have a shot by the time she's got, like, 10 under her belt. I know. Because Lady Bird, unbelievable. We all know how much I love Little Women, too. When I think of her, I also think of the Safdie brothers. Yeah, they they got a shot, too. They, I mean, talking about making a movie about New York. (laughs) Them. (laughs) They're they're the next Scorsese. Yes, I love that take. I think that's great. Um feel like we're getting a little off track. I could talk about directors all day, and there's so many more I haven't named yeah. that I would like to, but we probably should talk about the movie that people came here for. Well, we can talk about another director who we've now seen three of his movies. Yeah. His name is Wilson Yip, and he directed Ip Man 3. Talk about a transition, although it's pretty easy to transition when you're talking about movies to talk about more movies. Um, this one, again, is written by Edmund Wong and Chan Tai Lee. Um, we also have another writing credit with uh, Jill Lung, who also did Ip Man 4. Once again, great score. Mm-hmm. Great score for this movie. Kenjai Kawai, unbelievable. We love you, dude. You're kind of like getting on the composers to watch for Micah. You're crazy. Um, that, that. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, cinematography, we have Kenny TSE. I don't know. Um, looks like a bunch of martial arts movies, Unbeatable, Cold War, The Stool Pigeon. The movie comes out December 24th, 2015. Christmas movie. Yes. The budget of this movie is $26 million. Here in the U.S., it makes $2.6 million. Pretty good for a foreign Mm -hmm. martial arts movie. It's kind of surprising to get more with having, I mean, why did they Tyson. cast Mike Tyson? Well, but remember the last movie made $200,000 here, so. Oh, okay. That's like a huge. That's a big step up. Yeah, that's a yeah. million dollars more, or two, two, two and a half million more. Um, and then worldwide, the movie makes 159.9. So. Great. It, it's no wonder that they keep on making these. Wait, what was the budget? 26. Wow. Um. So as we know from last week, Donnie Yen, after finishing Ip Man 2, said, I'm good. I feel like we've told a nice couple of Ip Man stories. I don't want to do any more. Then they start talking about Ip Man 3. <laughs> and he goes, well, when I go places, people don't say, hey, there's Donnie Yen. They say, there's Ip Man. And he's like, so I got to do it again. 
I respect that. Cool. Um, and um, once again, if you'll remember last week, they wanted this movie to be about the relationship between <laughs> Bruce Lee and Ip Man. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a reason why they were not able to do that again. Robert Lee, his brother, uh, uh, Bruce's brother, Bruce's brother, was a consultant for the film and production of Ip Man 3, said that he owned the intellectual property rights, but Bruce Lee's estate claims, no, he does not own his rights. Huh? And so... Family drama? And here's here's where it gets... This is where it gets weird. So that's kind of where that ends. So they're kind of in limbo. If you'll notice in the movie, they never say Bruce Lee when that character is yeah. on screen, who yeah. is Bruce Lee. So I think that Which they... Which is what I said, and you didn't believe me. Yes. No, I mean, I believe you. I just didn't remember him saying a name at all. Oh, okay. That's, that's what I was... Liar. No, no, no. I'm probably not lying. No, I'm not lying to the best of my knowledge, okay? Okay. Um, so that's why I'm assuming why they didn't use the name, because they could argue, like, no, it actually wasn't. Even though on IMDb it says Bruce Lee. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so then... But but when they were working on the movie, when they were going to have him be a bigger part of the story, you're you're going to hate this, George, so much. They were like, they couldn't find an actor that was like Bruce Lee. Okay. So as we talked about last week, again, we we're talking with Amy Johnson going like, I guess that Bruce Lee is like their George Washington or their Lincoln or something. Where, where in... Well, what? Presidential? <laughs> well, I think in, in China, it's just the impression I get um, researching these movies is it's like like Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee. And I don't, I, I don't know if I've seen a single Bruce Lee movie, which I, I'm going to correct. I'm working on it. Um, and so I, I don't know why he is like this revered kind of godlike status. So they were like, we can't find anybody who can encompass this guy's personality. I know. We're going to have a CGI Bruce Lee in this movie. (laughs) Jordan's eyes got so wide. 2015. (laughs) I don't think so. No. Well, they still can't really. I mean, in 2016, Rogue One came out. They can do it, but but the guy barely moved. Mm-hmm. So it looked really good. And then also in Force Awakens. It doesn't look so good as you rewatch it. Though. Oh, really? Yeah. I remember in theaters, I couldn't tell. I'll, because also, I didn't, I didn't know that that was a guy from a past movie. I think Don't if you... get mad at No, me no, it's okay. If, also, if you do know that, though, I think you watch the movie and you're like, oh, this is a little weird. Probably. Little but also, I feel like when you saw Princess Leia at the end of Force Awaken, right? No, uh, Rogue One. Yeah, same oh, movie. So, wow. Uh, I thought she didn't look terrible. No, but it's a, it was weird. It was weird. She was had a very very smooth face, and her lips didn't really move correctly. Oh, um, so critical, just like all the rest. Well, but no, that one I'm a little more like, especially like one line, and for it to tie to. I mean, I I that is maybe my favorite of the new movies, um, at least debatable. Um, and I I'm not gonna hold that against it. It's certainly interesting that they tried. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so they couldn't find anyone to portray him. And then the estate heard about the CG thing and they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Which good call on good. the estate. I think yeah. maybe they've been a little crazy about the rest of the series, but yeah. good call on this. Well, you um, know what's funny? So you're putting this in perspective of we're in 2015 and even in the last movie, 
the estate was just kind of like <laughs> yeah. really, really difficult because yeah. it's so, I guess, so important the how the image <laughs> of Bruce Lee is. So <laughs> kind of crazy. <laughs> every movie. Can we make it about Bruce Lee? No. Okay, let's make up well, this boxer thing. Well, that's just so thing. crazy. And then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, 2019, <laughs> Bruce Lee's in the movie and people go nuts. They get so they mad get that Brad so Pitt beat mad. him up. And it's like, did you not read the script? Like, if you care, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a feeling Quentin is really no one reads the script kind of guy. Yeah. But like, if you are so uh, tight on like who gets to use Bruce Lee and not like the estate. Yeah. Why did you okay that one? I don't know. Maybe he just found some sort of loophole around it or something. Maybe. Although, I mean, it is Quentin Tarantino, a lot bigger budget than $26 million, so maybe they were able that's, to put like a large portion into that. That's true. That's but very I, true. When it came out, the estate was mad. Oh, they were so mad. They were mad. mad. And there, there were people that were like, he couldn't have beat him up and all stuff, and it's like... Yeah, but at the it's spoiler, like, have you seen a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> also, movie before? Yeah, also spoiler alert: he has a movie where they murder Hitler. I shouldn't say murder; I think that might be the wrong word. But they kill Hitler. They assassinate Hitler. That's yeah. the word. And they also at the end of this movie, he kills the people that tragically murder the people. Up. The Sharon Tate murders. Yes, and it doesn't happen. So if Bruce Lee gets beat up in the movie, maybe it's not such a big idea. It's fiction. Yeah. When are people going to get that in their heads? Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else. I don't think there's anything else to say other than maybe just don't let people ever use Bruce Lee's likeness. I guess. I think maybe you've learned your lesson. There's also this very famous commercial that they covered in um, VFX Artists React where they had a CG Bruce Lee. What was it for? It, I, I think it was like for Cologne or something like that in China. And mm. I'm assuming that the estate had to sign off on that. Yeah. So it's like, you don't want him to be in this cool Ip Man movie, but you're okay with him being in Cologne? I don't get it. Obviously, it's... They're going to hear about this episode and come down hard <laughs> on know. us, too. It's become such a business at this point. Yeah, how, we how weird is it that you can be so famous that once you die, that you are now a business for people? Same with like Elvis, Michael Jackson, like uh, the Beatles, like any of those guys, like all those people that are that famous. It's like, okay, now we have to like take care of their assets and film rights and mm -hmm. movie rights. And I mean, ever heard of Disneyland? Thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, Yoon Wu Ping did the choreography for this movie and Donnie Yen also contributed a lot of choreography. Cool. Um, one more little note until we get to... I'll do a little more, but I'll give you some time here. Um, this is the first Mike Tyson movie where he does not play himself. Movie okay. or TV show. So this is like his first actual acting role, where he's not just Mike Tyson in a okay. show or movie. So, hit me. What do you got? Oops. No, I don't want to do him first. I want to do Mike Tyson first. So he is in Hangover, part one and two. He's also in Rocky Balboa. Uh, he's also he's in... in Rocky Balboa? Oh, I think he's a, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Mike Tyson and Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Must be a cameo. I, I think he's a, like a sports announcer at the ring. Oh, okay. Um, he's also in a Medea family funeral. And, uh, oh, he's in a movie with this guy. China Salesman. Who's the, wait, I can't see the guy. Who's, oh, Steven Seagal. Is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. Who is 
uh, who did Vic Berger have? A, okay. It's Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They talked about it on office okay. hours today. I can too. never. The, yeah. I didn't know who they, I knew the name, but I couldn't think of the face. He has kind of like, I mean, he, he was a martial arts guy. Um, not, n- not known for his acting, but, um, you know, someone like comedian John Gabris loves him. Okay. You know, like action boy kind of thing. But, um, he's gotten older and he's gotten a little bit larger and that's okay, but he's still doing martial arts movies. Uh-huh. I saw a clip from one and it is like, he barely moves while the other person's like doing all the moving and he's like, and it's all in the oh. edit. So it looks like he's doing stuff, but you can tell he's not really. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, okay, so I have kind of a hard time. There are obviously a lot of new people in this movie, but who should we cover? I know the other guy we need to cover, but I mean, I'm just going to cover the other guy. So we have who plays Chung Tin Chi is Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, no. Zin Zhang plays yes. uh, the guy who battles it man at the end, the end of the movie. Um, now, okay, uh, he rules. I thought yes. he was great in the movie. He is in the Pacific Rim sequel. Cool. Cool. Uh, he's in the Grandmaster, obviously. Uh, that's not necessarily obvious. Okay. Okay. Crouching. Well, I guess what I mean is obviously that's the spinoff. No. Okay. Grandmaster is a different Ip Man series. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> no, he's I'm also just saying. in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He was a stunt double in that movie. That's how like how we got started. Ah, Master Z. The Brink, Kill Zone 2, a lot of action and sci-fi. Oh, okay. So that's all your dudes. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many people in this movie. I know, I know, I know. And some of them are kind of like they show up for a little bit and then they're just kind of gone. Like yeah. his his disciple. Like Whose disciple? Ip Man's. Remember he like is interested in that girl? Oh, and yeah. then yeah. they never really talk Resolve about that it. again. Now when we were watching the movie you were like, where's his other son? Because yeah, you figured in, it out. In, well, kind of. I oh. think I'm going to need your help figuring out what this trivia in IMDb means. But you, you, in the previous movie, she had another son. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's like she's pregnant the whole movie, and that's like part of the, the thrust of the plot. And then in this movie, there's just one kid. Yeah. So I'm going to read this word for word on IMDb, and let's see if we can figure it out. Because okay. I, I couldn't on first glance. In this film, Ip Man's second son, Ip Ching, is portrayed as being younger than in reality. Just like his first son, Ip Chun, was in the first and second films, Ip Ching appears to be around the age of seven or eight years old. In 1959, he was 23 years old, and Ip Chun, who didn't appear in the movie, was around 35 years old. At that the doesn't time. explain why, why their son wouldn't come back to his dying mother. That was just so weird. I didn't get that. I really didn't understand that. And there there was never like a, especially with their sons being like There's no consultants on the movie. I don't know why they weren't like, hey, how come I wouldn't have been there? <laughs> Maybe oh. they didn't consult on this movie. I forgot that they would be alive. Yeah, they're still alive. Yeah. Isn't that weird? I just didn't get that. Um, And then um, in the last fight scene with chung tin chi it man improvised and used a three inch punch punching at full force with the knuckles at three inches away to defeat chung bruce lee it man's most famous disciple was renowned for his three inch and one inch punch what does that mean so that's the that's like the kill bill thing when she's in the coffin oh cool i didn't know that was real i thought that that was made up 
Well, so. actually, when he punched that way, I did. I was thinking more of the death punch in Kill Bill. Oh, but remember when but she's in the I coffin know, and no, no, she no, 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 I know, I know that, but I because it was to the guy's <laughs> chest. It's like, oh, that guy better not take seven steps. Yeah, his heart will explode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a podcast about Quentin Tarantino today, folks. Well, he's so highly influenced by martial arts, so it's not a it's not Please a long. Please make walk. another Kill Bill so we can cover it. <laughs> um, so it's very funny, also, and then we can get into the the plot of this. But um, this is one of those weird movies. You know, I when I'm researching for these movies, I usually start with a Wikipedia page, and you shouldn't say that. No, no, no. I, I'm going to say, and I, I check, I double check certain things if they sound a little weird or whatnot, because I don't want to just like, this is, you're coming here for truth, people. You went to Cascade. You couldn't use Wikipedia. Yeah. But I, I, I cite my sources, you know, occasionally if it's just like a normal fact, I'm not going to, I'm not going to double check all of that, but it's great for cast listing and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But occasionally there will be someone who has clearly <laughs> edited the page and loves whatever they're talking about. <laughs> and if you read the Ip Man 3, which if you are nerdy like me, um, I'm going to just venture to guess like Mike Combs, Sean Muir, and Nathan Shearer, I think you'd really enjoy reading this uh, page. And I'm not using nerdy derogatorily. Please get to it. But they have this section called symbolism in the movie. Okay. And it's just written with such an air of like, this movie like must Rips. have changed this person's life. So they go, symbolism of butterfly. The first scene where Ip Man was practicing the wooden dummy and a butterfly flew and, sto and stopped atop of it signifies a legend in Chinese mythology. A moth or butterfly is considered a returning spirit of a loved one. I like that. That is cool, though. I'm, I'm not saying these are bad, um, but then it's like, be like water. When Ip Man throws the water at Bruce Lee, it was a hint at Lee's famous quote, be like water. It teaches Lee to be adaptable and not to just try and kick the water, but the adaptability dodging and not being rash and stubborn. Lee later developed Jeet Kune Do, which focuses on adaptability. Cha-Cha Champion. This is the last one. Other than being known as an action star, Bruce Lee was national cha-cha champion in Hong Kong in 1958. In the, the film... Dancing? Yeah. In the film, he taught Ip Man how to dance in exchange for learning Wing Chun from Ip. So these are actually very cool things. It's just funny how it was written to me. Yeah, yeah, and there yeah. were also like three more that weren't really symbolism. Like the, the, the last two things I read, well, I guess the Be Like Water is sort of symbol is, is symbolism, but the, the Cha-Cha Champion is not symbolism. That's just a fact about the movie. Yeah. Um, anyway. What's why is Mike Tyson in so this movie? Did you figure it out? How many I, more notes do you have? I have none more. Okay. I have none more you, notes. I thought you said you had information about Mike Tyson. Just the only information you had is this is the first movie where he's acting? I think I was... Oh, I don't remember saying that. I just remember that I was excited to do the bombshell about the, the CGI Bruce Lee. Oh, I thought you had Mike Tyson. Oh, okay, dirt. so I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. I get yeah. it. Um, My number one question when we ended the movie was, why is Mike Tyson in this movie? Here's the thing. I googled that very question, and it's all just reports about like Mike Tyson to be in Ip Man three. It's nothing about like why they cast him. So let's talk about well, that a, element. Uh, of no, the movie. that's just gonna be a rabbit tail. Rabbit no, no, trail. go for it, please. No, it's just like a John Wick question because we can't bring it up and not say it now. Well, like because those, that's another very action based movie. And sure. he fights a lot of guys. And in some parts of the movies, he fights like one guy. Mm -hmm. 
like, okay, I'll use the third movie, for example, when he fights the one guy in the like mirror room. Well, well, the mirror room's in the second movie. Not, not the mirror room, but it's like an office and it's all like clear walls. So yeah. it's not a mirror, but it's all reflective. Like the glass. I think it's all glass, glass stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, who, who was that guy? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that guy is kind is like potentially a big deal. Whether it's oh, in you mean the actor, the not actor, the character. Oh, the okay, okay. Like, I'm assuming, because I don't know who it was, that maybe he's a, a big guy in the martial arts world. Or the stunt world. Uh, but obviously in the story, it didn't really matter who he was fighting. He was just fighting someone. Sure. And that was cool. To my memory. Yeah. So in this movie, Mike Tyson's <laughs> in it. Yeah. And they just spend <laughs> so much freaking time on it. On, yeah. on like panic, like sh- like cutting to him uh-huh. at certain parts of the movie. And I have no idea what he's doing. I have no idea what he's doing. And finally when him and it man fight, it's like... Okay, yeah, we all knew that this was coming. We all knew that. Yeah. But why couldn't it have just been another tiny roadblock? Why did it have to be such a big plot? This movie is an hour and 40 minutes, and it felt like it was two and a half hours. This one definitely felt the longest. This is like such a bad story. It sucked. The story was bad. Yes. The, the, only, the, the movie should have been only about, well, I don't know, 100%, but it should have been heavily focused on his wife's illness. Because yeah. that was the big emotional moment of the movie, and I thought they did all of that really well. Yeah, I want to wait, but I totally agree with you. Okay, and then the other part should be about the Johnny Depp guy. Yeah. Because that was also uh, very interesting, that he right. is he's the same fighting style as him, and is like pup- they spent so little time of him publicly going around and basically saying that he's better. Yes. And and all that stuff. Like, that was so interesting, and it was, like, two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, the, all the other stuff that happened in the first hour of the movie... <laughs> it was very what, odd. What was it? Well, so, I was trying to, like, formulate, like, what? why is this movie so different from the others? And I think that Ip Man 2 kind of sets the precedent for this. Because, remember, Ip Man 2 is, like, pretty tight story about him, like, opening the school, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, and there's this boxer randomly, third act, and you're like, what? Yeah. Like, it should have just been about him and Sammo. That would have been a better movie. But in this one, I think it kind of has almost, like, to me, it felt like I was playing a video game. Sure. So it's, like, level one, you have to, like, fight a couple of bad guys, and then, like, you know, it's like you have to stop him from the school. That's like level two. And then eventually your son gets kidnapped and that's a big part. And then it's like, oh, yeah, there's this random boxer you have to fight. And then it's like, but now you ha- must fight for your honor. And that's like the end of the game. Yeah. My issue with that is I didn't I don't want to watch a movie to watch a video game. I want to watch a right. movie. And I understand like maybe they were going something for a little outside the box storytelling wise. Sure. Didn't work. Well, I th- that is the that's the one of the hard parts about martial arts movies yeah. and and um i would say like boxing movies too is you you have to figure out a way to not bore the audience because you know you're sitting there and you're like okay this movie has mike tyson when are mike tyson and donnie Yen gonna fight and when it's not happening you're like okay can't wait for that donnie Yen mike tyson fight and i think what the first movie did it so well because it had all that like symbolism of him representing china Uh and it became this honor thing Uh and it was kind of it felt a little more autobiographical whereas the other movies are relying a little more on like fantastical martial arts elements which i'm not complaining about that yeah yeah me neither 
But I, I think I think that's the that's the hard part about making an action movie. Really. The whole genre, it's 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 keeping people invested in the characters and story. Yeah. Because all we want to do is just see that sweet, sweet blood and well, those they could have done better. sweet, sweet guts. Yes, I think they could have. Um, but let's go into the I specifics. will say, though, this movie looks very good. Looks great. Yeah. The colors were so vibrant and popping. And uh, I would say some of the fight scenes were not as fun as the other movies to me. Yes. Uh, uh, I, yeah, yeah. The the camera was a lot tighter um, mm-hmm. at a lot of fight scenes than pre- the previous two, which I felt like relied on wider shots. Yeah. To really capture the action. Yeah. The, the last scene with the fight with Johnny Depp, like that was all wide. They did have some tight, obviously, but yeah. like that looked the best. Absolutely. Well, my favorite fight was the tie warrior. That was cool. That fight was kind of insane. Why though? Why? Well, okay. Okay. Let's like make the whole, <laughs> if you feel like you need to make a fourth movie, make it about the tie fighter. The dude yeah, was cool enough was to, cool. to have his own movies to me. Yeah. Cause literally it was Mike Tyson <laughs> is coming to his right hand man talking to some dude with long hair and he's like this tie guy's crazy and then mike tyson like pushes that guy away and says to the tie fighter uh go get it man yeah that's it right and then he fights it man loses and then just saunters away never to be seen again yes why okay let's well let's start at the beginning though um because maybe we can figure it out by the time we're there it's 1959. We have the moth flying up while he's practicing on his wind chun yes, dummy. Yes, we get it. Um, <laughs> and then Bruce Lee walks in, and he's like, hey, remember me? I was a kid. And he mm. does the little nose flick thing, mm. which um, is just like kind of insane to me a little bit. It's just like, w- what? what is this guy doing in this movie? It's just so, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so weird. And the, the nose flip thing, I know that Bruce Lee did that. I don't know if he ever did it in real life. I think that was like a movie thing he did. So it's I have no idea what that that was even a thing until just the, the, well I know what you're talking about yeah. I didn't know that it was a thing that he did I thought it was just a oh I know that that's him because of the last movie I don't want to talk about yeah. it too much so he challenges it man he too because he wants him to be his master yeah and then it bands like well how fast are you really cool sequence with him throwing flicking cigarettes. cigarettes at him yeah I loved all of that very cool and then throwing water at him and then it ends there yeah and it's like it doesn't really further Ip Man's story. It's just it, it for some reason Bruce Lee in this series feels very much like when we were first watching Marvel and didn't know where they were going. And it's like, well, who is this random character that they're, they're dedicating two minutes to? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I have to wait eight movies to oh, figure out who it was. Remember those times? Remember yeah. and watch like a movie ending in theaters, a Marvel movie, and you just being like, well, this is how I felt. Yeah, I don't care. See, I was I was into it for a long time, yeah. and then I got out of it. Yeah, because there was that time where it's like you're telling me you're telling me Captain America is going to be in a movie on well, his I, own. I, I remember <laughs> specifically at the end of was it the end of Captain America the the post credit scene is him in modern day Times Square. And, yeah, um, that's Nick, just in the normal movie. Oh, okay, but Nick Fury comes up to him and is pretty much like, "I'm going to get you into the Avengers." But I just yeah. remember like everyone knows what that what that means. Him showing up there, and I'm just like cool we have to wait a whole year to see that actualized (laughs) that's how i felt yeah i think um 
I think that was the one movie that ended with a trailer for Avengers. Remember, that was the post-credit scene. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay, shows Bruce Lee. Then we see um, Chung's son, who is the the rival Wing Chun Johnny master. Depp. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I say I'm saying Johnny Depp people because he has such a Johnny Depp like him. vibe. It's, oh yeah, his hair <laughs> and he's wearing a scarf. <laughs> what more do you need yeah i think um, i've seen an exact outfit of that in like a people magazine <laughs> well i'm gonna keep calling him chung because that's his character's name sure um and chung's um kid and Ip man's kid are fighting mm-hmm. so um Ip man and his wife go to the school and they're like well we'll have the kid over for dinner and we're gonna kind of figure it out i like this because you're still seeing that Ip man is very much he pursues the path of humbleness and, and pure, purity and peace yeah, yeah. And purity um and then when they do that uh before but they show it cuts to mike tyson's gym and there's like people fighting and there's re- very weird like surfer music playing oh, i don't remember that <laughs> yeah it was like dun, 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 dun. Okay. and you're like okay this is odd and very weird and then you know mike tyson's like we need to get that school and because this prime real estate it's is what prime they real said. estate i will say i feel like mike tyson did a better job acting when he spoke cantonese or i don't know it's probably yeah. whatever it was yeah well okay i think his performance is pretty good in this like i i, I, think I was prepared to laugh every time he was on screen yeah. and i was like i get it i buy it he's he's doing a good job well i don't buy it but yeah well story-wise i don't buy it but yeah. i mean like performance I feel like wise performance wise he was like doing the same thing that that any of the other like not Donnie Yen characters were doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I was like, I was surprised because I was like ready to get on the pod and just tear him apart. But then I remembered that he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off and I thought I probably shouldn't talk bad about Mike Tyson. Okay. Sure. Um, so we now see that Wing Chun is finally like accepted everywhere mm-hmm. and people like really respect it. So that's a cool thread of it. Um, and then Chung wants to have a friendly match with Ip Man. Um, as and you can see Chung is very, is a very proud person. And I think part of that is because he is a single dad who has to do, whose job is being a rickshaw driver. Cause that's yeah. all he can do. Mm-hmm. And later on, you see in the movie, he really wants to be a Wing Chun master. Yeah. That's his goal in life. But I think that that like because of his status, he is chose to this is kind of kind of seems like he's a proud person. Sure. Because it's like, I'm not a rickshaw driver. I am a Wing Chun master, mm-hmm. um, which I find really interesting. Good character contrast to it man, who is also a Wing Chun master. Yeah. So you have some you've pride against humility, I guess. Sure. I, I also patience. think though that he, he does a pretty Respect. like nuanced pride. Yeah. I think I don't mean pride necessarily in a bad way. It does get go too far. Mm-hmm. But I say it's he has he he knows his worth. He has confidence. Because yeah. it's not like the guy in the first movie who comes to the town and is like, Where's your best people? That's, and yeah. he's like, bad dude. Yeah. This guy's like, okay. Like when we were watching the movie, I didn't know who stars in the spinoff, and I was like, I hope it's about this guy because he's cool. Yeah, he was. And cool. then luckily we looked, and that is what Master Z Legacy of Hitman is about. So excited to see that. 
Um, so the kids make up um, their their children, and they're kind of like friends now. And he challenges to him a match. I think he's just like, nah, I can't really do it. Yeah. Or something like that. And you see that there's like some tension in their marriage again, which kind of seems like some trodden ground in this series already. But I'll give it back to him because with the payoff of the sickness and all that, I yes. felt like, okay, they did kind of need to establish that again. Yes. Okay. Um, also, you and I have been watching this very closely, all these movies. Yes. It hasn't been years. Yes. And that's always going to affect things. Yeah. I think that's part of the fun of it. And I hope that you're watching along, too, because these are all available on ne- Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. It's a uh, streaming service about necks, specifically turkey necks. Okay. So then we have this guy in a red, like, thriller jacket show up in glasses at the school and he's like we need this school because of mike tyson said so yeah i'm gonna intimidate you (laughs) by breaking your hand and he he just starts like throwing down the the principal of the school that the kids go to and then Ip man comes in and they have a quick little fight and i was kind of like a little shocked at how the how this scene looked because of course I'm not a martial artist and I'm not a stuntman, but it felt like really, really, really unrehearsed to me. Oh, okay. Because there were points where they're like getting ready to throw a punch and then they throw the punch and then it's like reaction, stop, reaction, beat. And it didn't feel like the flow that we've established in the other two where it's like Ip Man is flowy. He's like water. He's just going, going, going. And he sees things before they happen. This was like, there's my mark. There's my mark. Mm -hmm. There's my mark. And it felt a lot slower. Maybe the guys in this scene were a little bit inexperienced. That could totally be. Or um, and slash, they spent more time on the other parts, the other fights. Yeah. Because it's very the, short. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it might have just been like, let's just get this done. Yeah. Um, but I, it was just kind of shocking as like one of the first like fights of the movie for it to be this lanky uh-huh. felt very weird to uh-huh. me. Um, and then um, uh, he's watching the school... Okay, so now, what? Oh, I just was waiting to see if you could figure out what you wrote. Oh, yeah. No, I take great notes. I take the best. They're the so, best. So, yeah, he, him and his um, disciples are guarding the school because the school is threatened of thugs coming to take it over. And at this point, you might ask yourself, this is a school. <laughs> I think it's a public school. Do like Does Hong Kong system not, like, does the government not get involved? With this, with with education, and, so, and like in any type of way. But then we find out, Jordan, in a very weird explanation, the police chief, who's the guy who's been in all of them, right? I don't know if he was in the first one. Okay, well he's in the second one, and he's he's a cute old man. I yeah, like him. They call they call him Fatty, and in the last <laughs> movie they call him Fatso. Yeah, a lot. And so Fatty's like, <laughs> Fatty's like, I work at the police station. Let me go talk to the head up guy from Brit Britland. And he walks because up to the British guy. Because it's still a territory guy. of yeah. England, yeah. And he walks up to the British guy and he's like, hey, so we need to take care of the school. And the guy's like, I'm British and I say no. <laughs> and you're you're kind of like, huh, that's okay. I guess oh, that's a new one. That's the explanation. And I think, again, you, you do have to, this movie is supposed to be about martial arts. 
But I think, again, with the first movie, they established that they did kind of care about some of those details. So it's it's kind of jarring to watch this movie and see that they, like, just don't really care about, like, some of these pretty simple explanations, I think. Um, so regarding the school, um, is that when there there's... Yes, yeah, so then there's the big fight at the school where where it's school. nighttime. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all come in and they fight. And I, I wrote down that it felt like in this movie the fighting took on a more, quote, realistic approach where they wanted to do more of the, like, modern... They're still doing cool shots and they're not doing the, like, taken Jason Bourne, like, cut everything up. But it felt much more, you know, like they're cutting out little frames so that the punches are hitting harder and it's faster. Um, well, it's not faster, but it's it's much more like it, it it didn't feel smooth like the other two movies. No. And and this fight too, it was like, oh, this is weird that I I'm like I'm seeing how it could be improved. Something they did too in this movie, more so in the the fight coming up with all of those guys, like on the construction crew or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really know when they're building Noah's Ark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I don't under well, I feel like in this movie they really doubled down on the amount of thugs in the movie, a bunch of bad guys. Yeah, and I know in this fight, it man had help from his disciples, but it was also like, why are there so many men? Why are mm-hmm. there so many people? In this fight, it, it's it, in this movie, it gets unrealistic. Yeah, the amount of people, especially in that next fight, it's like all you guys have to do is tackle him. Well, and I have not seen West Side Story, but I felt like this movie had a very West Side Story vibe where it felt like the crooks were like coming out of the corners and they're like, Yeah, bum, 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 and they were like about to break into song or beat up the guy, like because <laughs> they'd be like. Whoosh, boys <laughs> it's like <laughs> they drop everything guy. they do yeah the the michael jackson thriller guy yeah um so the, yeah it's that part's weird um then we have chang wants to rent some place for school Ch- chung sorry chung wants to rent some place for school but he can't afford it being the rickshaw driver and then master tin who we have not talked about but he is the master of michael jackson and he rebukes him and he like slaps him in the face oh oh, wait is this before or after the the noah's ark scene this is before this is before this is like this is oh yeah the no it's before yeah yeah so he slaps him and you know that's of course your master slapping you that's a big deal and then it kind of turns into a fight and then the police chief guy fat fatty fat fatty (laughs) yeah comes out and pulls a gun and then they de-escalate the situation yes um, might be the only time in history that pulling a gun de-escalated the situation. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you see in the next scene as police chief Fatty is, I don't like saying that. <laughs> That's what they call him. It is. It's I like think, his nickname. I think you're okay to call him um, that. Pretty much he's explaining that it's not that simple. It's fighting, beat it, or <sighs> stopping the bad guys is not as simple as it should be. Mm-hmm. But I think that Donnie Yen has a really good moment of yeah. talking about the ideals and the respect and the morality of man. I, I wrote Chun. it down because I thought it was very cool, too. I'm glad we both yeah. thought that. Really? And it's what's good about it is he didn't really, he didn't get emotional. His, like, his acting didn't get emotional. He stayed straight and true. Yes. And it, it feels like a true master. Yes. He, he said, the world doesn't belong to the rich or the powerful, but to the pure of heart. 
pretty cool. Love that. Um, and then we find out that Ip Man's wife has cancer. Yes. She hasn't told Ip Man yet, and Ip Man's missing out on life and all that stuff. Um, so then Michael Jackson is like, okay, I know I know this is a convoluted plot, but we're going to figure this out, folks. Yeah, I, yeah. Re- Michael Jackson goes up to Chung, and he goes... Michael Jackson goes up to Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes... He goes, I need you to attack my master who works at the umbrella shop. And I'm not really sure why he did this. But uh, so then Chung's like, okay. No, because Chung has been fighting in those backdoor dealing fights. Oh, in Mike Tyson's arena. Yeah. And yeah. He'll, he'll, he's paying him a fat stack of cash for yeah. beating up this guy. But still, I don't know why like Michael Jackson doesn't want to just fight him. That's what I don't understand. I guess he would know as soon as he walked through that door. Yeah. Well, I he, think he knows that Chung would do it. Maybe he knows that Chung is just needs some money. Yeah. So Chung goes in and he fights him. And then when he's at the... it sends That's a cool scene with all the yeah. umbrellas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is, yeah. yeah, it is. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> so then, um, uh, folks, I was joking. We were joking around. We have a lot of fun over here in the in the apartment. I think we're losing our minds in the heat. Yeah, it's getting hot because we have to turn off the fridge and all of our fans. Let's wrap it up. Um, no, we got a plenty of time to go. <laughs> no, come on, please. So we got to we got to give them the best that we can give them. I know. Um, come on. Makes me so sleepy. Oh, brother, you're always sleepy. You're like Winnie the Pooh. You just want honey and to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it sends the Umbrella Man <laughs> to the hospital. And then they like get Ip Man to go to the hospital. And while they do that, they attack the school and they kidnap his and Chang's, a uh, Chung's son. And when they do that, they're like, okay, you gotta come to this place where we're building Noah's Ark and we're gonna fight you. And so he comes there. This scene, pretty decent, pretty cool action, especially when when they get into the arc. Yes and no. There are like hundreds of men. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. But yeah, when they're in the the like the skeleton of the boat yeah fighting very cool scene very very cool um the the guy like with oh oh, yeah but remember the part when he's saying like either do this or we're selling the children into slavery and it's like (laughs) oh what (laughs) and and so this fight's happening there is a lot of like if you're watching the background the actors just standing there like waiting to go yeah which i i think is like you're pretty gonna be hard pressed to find a scene where you there's cast not a group like over a hundred men what else are you supposed to <laughs> yeah. do um but then they get into like this this warehouse kind of thing and he's protecting his son and he has these two poles uh-huh. and all the fighting in that was really cool uh-huh. um and it starts getting a little bit more into like the fantastical realm where yeah. he can like kind of defy Blow. physics a little bit yeah. which i like more yeah um so they're doing all that and then um he apologizes to his wife and says it's his fault. It's his fault. Um, it's not your fault, Ip Man. You're okay. It's not your fault. You didn't. I mean, you protected your son. That's good. And then his wife is like, "I have cancer," and so he's like, "I got to protect you." And then Mike Tyson sends this Thai master to go attack him, and this is when the movie really clicks in for Micah. From here on it out, took an hour. From from here on out, I'm like this part of the movie I'm into, because this tie fight is freaking cool. 
He goes into an elevator. Ip Man is with his wife. Incredibly shot. It's so incredibly shot. There is this shot where they're fighting and the camera is above them and it like follows them down the stairs in one shot. And it's like six or seven seconds long. And I was like, I kind of was like, are they going to about to pull like an old boy and just have him fight for like two minutes, like unbroken? Oh, no, I'll I'll save it for later. Okay. Um, But it's cool because it has that great tension where they're going up, they're going down the elevator and he just pushes his wife behind him because he sees the guy take off his shoes and he starts attacking and the whole time he's just preventing the Thai guy from hitting his wife. Mm -hmm. And then there's this amazing shot that kind of exemplifies their relationship and I love this where it shows his wife in the elevator and she looks out and she sees Ip Man like getting into his position to fight the Thai guy and the elevator starts going down and the camera goes down with her and you see Ip Man and it's like it's like you see the gates close and it's like there's a barrier between them. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So they fight mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then he, of course, beats him. Tells him to run along, kid. Yeah. But it's cool because the the Thai guy uses like, it's a lot of like um, leg fighting. Uh-huh. And, and there's like all, like very powerful legs yeah. in the fighting. So yeah. it's it, you're seeing a whole new style that was really cool to see. Um. And then that's when you were like, I'm really tired. We have to go to bed. Yeah. And so we did. And then we finished the movie today. So now, we're, we're, do you want to interject? Or should I just keep plugging? What happens next? Well, this is um, when he goes to Tyson. And he's like, we got to fight. Because I, you can't keep doing this. And so Tyson says, three minutes and we can fight. Like... If you last three minutes, three minutes, minutes of fighting. Three, <laughs> if you last three minutes, I'm not going to terrorize the school anymore. So they fight. And it's like, okay, well, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You I go mean, ahead. I've been talking so much. For three minutes, it man remains standing. Yeah. And it's kind of, and then pretty much Tyson keeps his word. And you're <laughs> like, really? We went through an hour of this movie, and this is all he had to do was go and fight him for three minutes. Okay. Fine, whatever. Let's go through the good part of the movie, the emotional part, with his wife. Yeah, it it was just very weird because I thought when he went into the fight that he would lose to Tyson and then he'd be like, okay, I got to fight you one more time. Yeah. But then he just beats him and then Tyson is not seen in the rest of the movie. No. And it it was... And before that, Tyson has maybe had collectively five minutes of screen time. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, This fight was very cool. Um, it was very really good. well done. I I think they did a better because you know he's a boxer. Yeah. Um. Last movie they also had a boxer. I think yeah. in this movie I liked a little bit more that they showed like when Tyson got a hit in, it kind of propelled Ip Man backwards. Yeah. Because it was su- with such force. I liked that. I I never bought an Ip Man two that he would get even close to losing to that boxer. But Tyson is so big. Uh huh. And it's also like he does carry the like he's Mike Tyson, you know he's he's a monster, and so it's like he carries that persona. He's not like a goofy guy like the previous actor was in that movie. Yeah, so you're, right. So you're like, oh okay. It, it felt like it was a more level playing field, but I I do like that he beat him because I think it would have been kind of annoying if he lost. There was a hilarious point in this fight. He punches the window. Uh huh. And, and then, then Donnie is backing up and he keeps punching all the windows out. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing, buddy? That's weird. Um, 
but you know whatever so then tyson is just like okay cool and that's that's it that's like the entire movie has built to this and then it's like all right we we resolve that go deal with your wife man you she really needs it right now and then this is where i think the movie like hits its stride like finally you get to this part and you're like oh this is what the movie should have been about yeah but they were probably too busy trying to figure out how they were going to integrate bruce the cgi lee. bruce lee that yeah. then they were like oh mike tyson wants to be in it he wants a how about a school he steals a school <laughs> <laughs> so talk about the the wife and him uh, i thought this was actually very touching yeah so he dedicates you know as long as it dedicates his life to his wife which in the last two movies you see that that is something that has clearly been the biggest the, the biggest struggle of their marriage is him not giving enough of himself to her and i i could see people being like she's whiny but also like I don't know. Have you been married to a grandmaster of Wing Chun who everyone wants to fight all the time? Only once. <laughs> I think in some ways. It's, no, I haven't. It's a lot of comic books write about these storylines with superheroes and their significant others. Yeah. And why superheroes won't get into certain relationships because of these reasons. Yeah. Um. So because of her illness, he devotes himself to her. He takes care of her. They rekindle their relationship. They um go on dates again yeah they're sitting in bed reading jo jokes out of a joke book together which was very cute i feel like donnie yen's acting in this whole sequence is like phenomenal really good really good she yeah they even go dancing together yeah because um, he missed out on the dancing earlier and that was like for me the most like oh that is so sweet yeah and then he, he bruce lee teaches him how to dance right and then she gets really really sick so sick to the point where she's in the hospital and he brings her soup he feeds her and then she tells him that she really wants a picture of them together so mm -hmm. they get uh pictures of the family one son is in the picture for some <laughs> yeah, reason yeah. Um, and then uh pictures of him and her and it's it's just so sweet Truly. and sad yeah and um the, then it, this it's kind of a montage so it, it culminates to um them spending an afternoon together at home uh she looks very sick she's talking about how i don't know if she said it was like a an ancient proverb but the like the saying of um i forget the exact saying but she says something like you the world is yours but it's not or you are yourself but you're not it, yeah. it basically it was a positive and a negative like it was a contradictory statement but what it meant was what she says is you are for yourself you are for your family and you are for where you are mm -hmm. a very beautiful concept to which she gets the point of she looks at his what's it called post his wing chun dummy his wing chun dummy and that that leads her to saying I, I miss listening to you practice. And it's been a really long time since you yeah. practiced because he's not, that's not even been a passing thought in his brain of practicing. Yeah. Um, so she asks that he practice and she listens to him practice. Meanwhile, as this is all going well, on, oh. I want to talk about that though, because I just think Donnie Yen, the way that he acts in the scene where she tells him to practice, he hasn't been practicing for a long time. He starts practicing and he's very slow. And this is, like, to me, say I'm in the movie, I'm Donnie Yen, my initial reaction is like, okay, I'm going to practice for a little bit, and then I'm going to start crying, and I'm going to start hitting it harder and harder and harder. Oh, yeah. And, like, make this my, like, Oscar moment. Yeah. And I think it just speaks to how good of an actor he is 
and how good the directing is uh-huh. that like he starts practicing very slowly. He gets a little, just barely a, more aggressive and there's barely a little bit more anger, but he's still keeping it under. And it feels much more like that is how you would react in real life. Mm-hmm. In, in in the made up life, you know, you would you would have that huge reaction where you're like ripping your clothes and breaking the Wing Chun dummy. But but he's not doing that. And a big thing, which I think that why the acting is so good. So like I said, meanwhile, what's going on? Johnny Depp is uh, has been um, challenging other kung fu masters. Basically, he's at the top now. He is the Wing Chun. Yeah. Grandmaster, however, and it's cool that they're they're montaging back and forth with a beautiful song. Yes, really good. Um, and Johnny Depp is having a reporter follow him around to take to basically document that he is the best, which is interesting because Ip Man didn't get to where he was because he had reporters following him around. No word of um, mouth. Word of mouth. Humble, humility, respect, just doing what he's doing and keeping his head down. This guy's like keeping his head up and doing all the things to make sure that people know who he is and that he's better than Ip Man. Mm -hmm. And he even says that Ip Man doesn't uh, hold the ideals of Wing Chun anymore, Um, which couldn't be further from the truth. And I think it's really in that scene with him practicing, it's proof that he's continuing to hold the ideals of like self-discipline, respect yeah purity absolutely it's just so good so then the uh johnny depp fights challenges him to a fight all the press is there all of the kung fu schools are there and he doesn't show up because he's with his wife yeah which is great love that that. that's really so much so then pretty much be you get to getting to the scene where they do fight his wife does say like uh, she that that moment she asked him like if I wasn't sick would you have fought him, and he said yes, and she said okay well I set up the fight anyway. Yeah, so it's like the other guy is the grandmaster now. He has a school of his own. He's got this like palace looking place now. Nice. So like a lot of time has passed, mm-hmm. and then Ip Man shows up at his place, and and I, I what what's kind of cool about this fight though is there's definitely a lot of emotion because. Donnie Ed's carrying around like the weight of his his wife about to die. And she's in the other room just not watching the fight. Just, just listening. Listening. And the other guy's like fighting for his honor and stuff. But it is cool that they don't have like any animosity between each other. They're just gonna fight. Mm-hmm. And so they begin with two long poles. And they start fighting. Round they one. break the whole the poles. Yeah. They're they're, the they're fighting with such force that they're like damaging. Like concrete, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they whip out these short swords, and they're fighting. Round two. This was pretty cool. That that whole sequence where they are like locked, and they keep on switching positions. Oh, that was so cool. Was like kind of a little like, wait, huh? What? I, I couldn't figure out what was happening in a good way. A good way. And then finally, Donnie Yen's able to get the swords away, and now it is to the fists. Round three. And the feet. And they begin fighting. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. And then pretty quickly, though, once they get to the to the fists and feet, it man does the three finger punch and just like launches him back. And he's defeated him and reclaimed being the grandmaster. And the other guy takes one of his poles and smashes his sign that says he's the grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Breaks it. So he has a lot of respect, which is cool. I feel like that puts him in a really cool spot for the next movie. Yeah. That character. Yeah. 
Um, and the next movie's got Bautista in it, so that's going to be cool. Number four? No. Uh, oh, the, his, the his spinoff movie. movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... I think that covers it. I, when we were watching it though, you know, it ends and it's like in 1960, his wife died and it man went on to disciple many people. And I was like, Oh, they're going to say something about Bruce Lee. I guarantee it. And it didn't this time. Yeah. Which I was surprised about. Well, we don't know. Some of the subtitles at the end flash so quickly. They, they really <laughs> I've did. never seen them flash so quickly. It was literally like, yeah, but <laughs> Whoa, it was what? like, Clearly, I didn't need to know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't see Bruce Lee, you yeah. know. Um, so that is Ip Man 3. We got two more to go. What? How? What? What do you mean? There's the spinoff and there's it Ip Man 4. It only get worse from here. But Why I do mean, they keep making more? You never know. Okay, here's case in point. Let's think about Rocky. You got one and two, great. Three, arguable. Four, pretty bad, but fun. Five, horrible. Then you got Rocky Balboa, and it's like, okay. And then you get Creed, and Creed is like, oh, this is arguably as good as Rocky one and two. I haven't seen it. I'm just saying that these types of movies can have, maybe Ip Man 4 will be the nice bow on the series that kind of covers it. Yeah, but how long did Creed come out after Rocky Balboa? A while. A while, yes. Sometimes I think you need the time. To, to really sit on it and think about it. Well, and we all know Ryan Coogler's pretty much a genius. Like, he's yeah. fantastic. Um, these these movies, though, it kind of seems like they're just churning them out. Yeah. I mean, I know that the last one was like 2012. Like, it's been a couple years. Yeah, it's only been like three years, though. But since yeah, so it's not one. even been that long. Yeah. But uh, it, but the thing is, I, I still liked this movie. I, did, I thought, like I said, I think this one looked the best. Uh-huh. Um, but the story was just like, I don't know, the story, scratching my head. The story was bad. I yeah. thought, um, but I think, which um, I, I know we've talked about, we've probably beaten it to death. When you go to watch a martial arts movie, you're not really going because of the yeah. story. I, I totally get that. But because you have to have a story, it, it's just for me, a, a movie viewer, I just will lose my interest so quickly within those five minutes between fights where you're trying to piece a story together. Sure. So, so, but, but I, I do agree. I think visually, I think color wise, this movie looks better color and lighting because the other movies have felt very washed out to me. I felt, I felt the same way. Yeah. But I do think that the choreography is better in the first two. I agree. Um, and I think they look better in terms of like the shot selection. Yeah. But the coloring is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, so we watched a Jackie Chan classic last week, um, uh, wheels on meals hilarious movie great did you like that better or worse better better okay not because of the action i felt like there was not enough i, yeah. I think my expectations were too high for it in terms of action because mm-hmm. i know by the end of the movie it was like all action yeah there are some insane stuff insane. there's a scene there's a scene where jackie chan kicks a guy off of a motorcycle yeah and that was in the first 20 minutes. And I was like, what are we getting But I will into? say, because the story is is also so bad, yeah. it was so funny. It was so funny because it was like these two guys who own a food truck and one of them gets smitten with this girl. Turns out she's a hooker. And it yeah. turns out all these men are after her because she steals from them. 
and then <laughs> yeah. uh, she's actually like an heiress to a duke. What? Yeah. Also, it takes place in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so insane. And Samo. Samo uh, hung. Samo hung is in it, and he is so funny. There is guys, guys. Yeah. There is a scene where Jackie Chan, his cousin Samo hung, meet in a club and this is the 80s so just imagine the outfits for one <laughs> they're meeting at a club to talk about because samo hung's a private investigator oh, also before before you say it this movie it was on prime and there was no option to watch it in the original language we could only watch it in english so it's oh, all overdubbed yeah like, so it's just very terrible. white people like back in the 80s who are like hello how are you doing today my oh. name is Gerald. But I loved it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> it, it, made, it, did it made it enhance. funnier. But they're they're all meeting because they're trying to figure out this all the situation they're in, and it's you know really intense. But they're in an '80s Spanish dance club. Yeah. And at one point, I don't know if it was Jackie or his cousin, but they were like, "Let's go dance for <laughs> no reason," yeah. so that the scene is like two minutes. It's not even over yet, yeah. and they're just dancing. Imagine '80s dancing too yeah. with '80s music. Oh my gosh, I could watch that scene over and over yeah. again. And it was also great because they did that great bit that's always funny in a comedy where the, the Samo is like, he's like, these Spaniards just suck. They're all so mean and I don't like them. And they're like, what'd you say? And then one of the guy <laughs> pulls the, the speaker so that everything goes quiet. And then he says it again and everyone in the club hears him. Yeah. Um, I was just curious because I felt like, like I thought that movie was amazing and I loved it, but also I felt like the story was bad. Uh huh. But so be- I was because just comparing this, but the story was bad, but it was already a comedy to begin with. So and it was it's a little a, more charming. I it's thought. more fun. Yeah, th- this is uh, a movie taking itself seriously with some comedy in it. Yeah, but I think the the because the story's lacking, all of that stuff is just kind of like whatever to me. Yeah. It, 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 Wheels on Meals totally made sense why Amy suggested, like, put that as, like, no, this is a movie you should definitely watch. Yeah. Oh, and if you're wondering, folks, um, in our last episode, Amy Johnston recommended, like, five uh, martial arts movies to watch. She, after the episode, gave me a list of 15, or is 14 or 15, and I did put those on my letterbox in a list. They're not ranked, but it's a list. Not yet. So if you want to go to Meltar Man, that's my name on letterbox you can look at that list there's a bunch of movies if you want to watch more martial arts movies but all this to say i liked Ip man 3 i mean if if your movie is gonna have a poor story at least make it this cool yeah that's that's like the rule for me on martial arts you know yeah um so yeah next week we're doing master z the legacy of Ip man the spin-off so movie. So it's the spin-off and is it because it comes out before the fourth movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. So and this one has Dave Batista in it? It has Dave Batista in it. Well, that's something to look forward to. I know. I kind of hope he's a good guy. And it also looks like there is a I don't know, he's a foreigner. They yeah. they call and these this this franchise they call British people the foreign devil. So That's true. He's probably not a good guy. Um but they, the, it also looks like in just a still image, it looks like there's like a pretty badass girl doing some fighting too. Finally, so finally, I was hoping in this movie with the the one teacher at the school, the young girl who the guy asked out on a date. Yeah. Uh, at that one point when he's like, "You're strong," and I'm like, "Oh, is she like gonna fight later? Is this oh, a reveal?" Yeah. No, she was just weak and frail. <laughs> Whatever. Well, um, if you've enjoyed this, we encourage you to go to www.patreon.com slash Micah McCaw, sign up for MPU the sequel, 
It's as little as $3 a month. And this month we're doing Incredibles 2. It was a really funny episode. My sister texted us and said, this episode is so weird and funny. And I think if you like the weird and funny, you got to go over there. Yeah. It's it's three bucks. I mean, come on. Come on. I know there's I know there's more of you. So come on. Come on. <laughs> um, and also, you know, there's music over there, too. There's art. There, there's so much cool stuff on the Patreon. So yeah. please check it out. Um, yeah. Next week. Master C. Let's do it. And then, folks, get ready to be scared. We're getting close to our Halloween series. Rebecca, you probably won't be able to watch it. And that's okay because oh, you don't have sucks. to watch it. I hope but you should still listen, though, Rebecca. Yeah, you should listen. Um, but if not, we understand. But we're getting spooky for four weeks, uh, so that'll be fun. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>